Welcome to the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Good morning. It's great to see you guys today. Hey, today we're kicking off a new series called Why Did Jesus Die? We're going to be looking at this between now and Easter. And in the year 2004, Time Magazine had that question as its cover question, why did Jesus have to die? It was around the same time as Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ, had come out. And that question on the cover of Time Magazine nearly 20 years ago is the same question that lots of people have been asking for nearly 2,000 years. And so over the next few weeks, we're gonna be talking about this. And here's what happens many times. See, the, the, the New Testament uh, describes what Jesus accomplished Easter weekend in a number of different ways, using a number of different word pictures and metaphors with a number of different emphases. And what happens is throughout different seasons and eras of church history, um, in, in different eras, people have emphasized some of the things that the New Testament says Jesus accomplished on the cross, and at the same time, de-emphasized other things. And the same is true with different movements and traditions throughout church history. Some have emphasized some of the things that the New Testament talks about as what Jesus accomplished on the cross, and at the same time, de-emphasized others. And here's the fact, when we do that, when we don't look at it in its totality, we can miss out on just how, magnificently large and massive and impactful what Jesus did on the cross for us is. And so over these next few weeks, we're gonna be looking at these different pieces, these different emphases, these different word pictures to describe what Jesus did for us Easter weekend. But today what I wanna talk to you about is that, that when Jesus died on the cross, what he did is he showed us what real love is. If you have your Bibles, go over to Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five, Jesus died to show us what real love is. In Romans chapter five, verse six, the apostle Paul writing to the church at Rome says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. And in this verse that that you might've heard before, but God demonstrates, God proves, God reveals, God shows his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so one of the things that Jesus did when he died is he reveals the Father's love for us. And so because Jesus died, I never have to doubt that I am am greatly loved. And so the, the thing is, all of us have had people that with their words told us that they loved us, but with their actions, it caused us to question it. Well, God is not someone whose talk is cheap. God does more than tell us he loves us, but the Bible says that that when God demonstrates, he, he shows, he proves his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so when Jesus died, he proved once and for all that we are loved. John talks about it this way in 1 John 4, 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, 
Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. This idea of, of atoning, that he, the idea of being made right with God or paying a price, an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so we can know for sure that God loves us. The cross proves it once and for all. I read an article this week that made the claim that, that uh, about 60% of Americans from time to time wonder if anyone loves them. And I would ask you, do you ever wonder if anyone really loves you? Or, or maybe you do this. I think we all do some of this from time to time. Maybe, do you ever wonder if the people who you think love you now, what if they stop loving you? We've all had people in our life that at one point we felt like they loved us, but then at some point either that they drifted away or circumstances changed, or maybe they like, we just felt like they love us less or don't love us at all anymore. And so we, sometimes we wonder, well, what if they stop loving me? Or do you ever wonder if the people who do love you, if they were to know the worst parts of you, the worst thing you've ever done in your life, or the weirdest thought you had this week, would they still love you? Or do you ever feel like some people love you, but the people that you really want to love you, they don't love you or they don't love you as much as you wish they would. But the, the incredible thing about Easter weekend is it means that, that God has always loved us and is never going to stop loving us. He's proven that he loves us and Christ dying in our place. And it's not a love birthed in ignorance, thinking that we're better than we are, but it says, but that while we were still ungodly, while we were yet sinners, while in effect each of us had declared a revolution against the king of the universe saying, you're not gonna be the king of my life, I'm gonna be the king of my life and I'm gonna do my own thing and go my own direction and disregard the fact that you made me and, and that's, thus you are the owner of all things. And so in, a, in effect, we've kind of declared a coup d'etat against the authority of the king of the universe and in the midst of all of that, God knowing the worst things we would ever do, the worst thoughts we would ever think, he still loves us. So he's always has loved us. He always will love us. He proved his love for us. And it's a love that is based in his complete knowledge of who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if anyone's love matters, if there's anyone whose love we should desire, it ought to be the king of the universe, the creator of all things. Author and speaker Brennan Manning has an amazing story about how he got the name Brennan. While growing up, his best friend was Ray. The two of them did everything together. They bought a car together as teenagers, double dated together, went to school together and so forth. They even enlisted in the army together, went to boot camp together and fought on the front lines together. One night while sitting in a foxhole, Brennan was reminiscing about the old days in Brooklyn while Ray listened and ate a chocolate bar. Suddenly a live grenade came into the foxhole. Ray looked at Brennan, smiled, dropped his chocolate bar, and threw himself on the live grenade. It exploded, killing Ray, but Brennan's life was spared. When Brennan became a priest, he was instructed to take the name of a saint. He thought of his friend, Ray Brennan. So he took on the name Brennan. Years later, he went to visit Ray's mother in Brooklyn. They sat up late one night having tea when Brennan asked her, do you think Ray loved me? Mrs. Brennan got up off the couch, shook her finger in front of Brennan's face and shouted, what more could he have done for you? 
Brennan said at that moment, he experienced an epiphany. He imagined himself standing before the cross of Jesus, wondering, does God really love me? And Jesus' mother, Mary, pointing to her son, saying, what more could he have done for you? The thing is, when we really understand how much God loves us, it becomes this game changer in our life. It becomes this place of security from which we live where we're no longer living on a roller coaster dependent on circumstances or what people think or say about us. Uh, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 3, 17, he's praying for these people. He says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. And he's gonna say, so what's his prayer about? That's all just leading in to say, this is what I'm praying for you. Here's this prayer, that they would grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. He says, you know what I'm praying for you? That you would really understand in whole new ways just how much God loves for you. And he says, and if you really understood it, it would blow your mind. It surpasses our understanding. He says, that you then may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He says, hey, if you really want to live this, this life of, of really knowing God, it begins with really understanding how much he loves you, it's this game changer in our lives. And so Jesus died to reveal the Father's love for us. Here's the next thing. Jesus died to teach us how to love each other. See, because Jesus died, the bar of, of loving well has been raised for followers of Jesus. In 1 John 4, we read verses nine and 10 a minute ago, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son to the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. But then now he continues, verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. See, when Jesus died in our place, he reveals the Father's love for us, but then he shows us what it looks like to love well. He's raising the bar in incredible ways. In John 13, verse 14, it's right before Jesus would go to the cross he says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. He's saying, the way I'm treating you, this is how you treat one another. It's an example. I set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Skipping down to verse 34, same chapter. Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another. Now, if you're the disciples, you're just hearing Jesus say, hey, I've got this new command, love one another. They're thinking, well, that's not new at all. We've heard that our whole lives. Old Testament's clear on that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, we've heard you tell that, that whole love your neighbor as yourself thing, Good Samaritan story. We were there when you said it. We've heard all this. But he's about to raise the stakes from love your neighbor as yourself to as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everything will, everyone will know that you're my disciples. At this moment, maybe they're thinking, oh, he wants us to wash feet. He just, he just washed our feet. He said, hey, love one another like this. We're to wash each other's feet. That sounds kind of gross, but I guess maybe we can do that. But a couple of chapters later, he raises the stakes even more. So he's gone from love your neighbor as yourself to now he's saying, as I have loved you, love one another. And then now he's gonna unpack it even more with the cross even closer. And, and John chapter uh, number, uh, where am I? John, John chapter 15, verse 12, he says this, my command is this, love each other as I've loved you. So again, they're hearing Jesus, they're like, okay, yeah, Jesus, you said that just a little bit before, we get that, love each other as I've loved you. But now he's gonna say this, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. 
So Jesus knows he's about to go to the cross. He says, hey, it's not just love your neighbor as yourself, it's love one another the way I've loved you. And here's the way I'm gonna love you. I'm going to die for you. I'm gonna lay down my life for you. And so in Jesus dying in our place, he's showing us, he's raising the bar of what love will look like for his followers. Now here's the thing. Sometimes we read in the scriptures, there's like these big dramatic statements like lay down your life for your friends. And most of us, if we're not in the military, we're not a, 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 a first responder, we're not on the police force, firemen, the odds of us ever having to be called to, to lay down our life for another physically, it's low odds. And so usually we're like, oh sure, I could probably do that, knowing that will likely never be asked of me. So sometimes it's good just to dumb it down. Well, it's like, well, what would be a small demonstration of laying down our lives? For sometimes, with, with our family members, with our friends, with our loved ones, might look like cleaning the kitchen. It's like, oh, that's an act of, or last service, a lady amened that, and uh, her husband just began to cry. It was terrible. And uh, might look like, you ever have like a friend that like, is like repetitive on their stories, or a family member? Think about marriage, it's like you're married long enough You've heard all your spouse's stories, but now with every new person, now they're telling those stories. You ever experienced any of this? I've got the ADHD and it's like, if I'm hearing a story I've heard 14 times, I've got like all these choices that run through my mind. It's like, is this now when I need to go to the bathroom? Is this, am I supposed to go in a bathroom break now? I've heard this story. I know this story's about four and a half minutes long. If I leave for five minutes, I don't have to hear this story again. Anybody else have these thoughts? Or I'm like, do I subtly play with my phone under the, under the table? Or do I just begin to think something else about what am I having for lunch? Or as an act of laying down your life, you could say, you know what, I've heard this story 14 times. I could say it as well as they could. But I'm just gonna look at them and give them my full attention and focus as if I'm hearing this story for the first time. I'm gonna laugh at all the funny spots. I'm gonna be like, that is amazing. As if I'm hearing it for the first time. It would be an act of laying down your life, even if it's a small way. Maybe for some of you, it looks like getting up with the kids even when you're really, really tired. See, what we see here is Jesus says, lay down your life. That's, that's the ultimate demonstration of what love is. And then we see the rest of this New Testament. We see these different uh, times where Jesus' death is, is given to us as an example of what love looks like. Paul talks about it in Ephesians chapter five, verse one. He says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and did what? And gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then skipping down a few verses later in the same chapter, he's gonna apply it specifically to marriage. Husbands, love your wives. How? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So Jesus's death in our place is given to us as this example of what real love is. It's a given an example in marriage. And then we see in the, with the church at Philippi, Paul gives it as an example of, of how to handle um, uh, getting along inside a church family. In Philippians, uh, we see what was happening in this church. There were these two great ladies that loved Jesus and wanted to make a difference with their lives, Yodia and Syntyche. They were great ladies, but they couldn't get along with each other. And so, they were having, and so part of the purpose of the book at Philippi, uh, the, the letter to the church at Philippi was to talk about this. And, and so here's what Paul says, specifically addressing these ladies, but it really applies to all of us. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others and your relationships with one another. Having the same mindset as Christ Jesus, 
who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So he's saying, hey, you guys are struggling to get along. What will help you guys get along is if you're less selfish and more selfless. And then he says, you know who's the ultimate example of that? Is Jesus, who willfully left all the glory of heaven, came taking the very nature of a servant. And then he says this, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so when we talk about the cross, it shows us what love is, God's great love for us, but it's also this example of how we're to love one another. And the cross is probably most clearly a picture of how do we love people that are hard to love. Anybody have anyone in your life hard to love? Raise your hand, raise your hand. If you have nobody, then it might be that you're the one that's hard to love. That's how it works. So anyone have anyone hard to love in your life? Yes, all of us. And so, and, it's a, and so what we see in, in Jesus dying in our place is it's clear, he, he didn't die for us because we're so lovable. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And even while Jesus is, is hanging on that cross, they, these, these soldiers have just nailed giant spikes in his hands and his feet, and they're spitting on him, mocking him. Even while that's happening, what Jesus is doing is loving. He's saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The cross is this picture, this inspiration of, of loving even when we are not being loved. And so the cross shows us that, that love puts others' needs before self. See, see Jesus, Jesus took the, the low path. Jesus became a servant and died because of our great spiritual need, our, our need for a savior. He put our needs before his own, even to great, great, incredible agony. Love forgives even when it's not asked for and even when it's not deserved. Jesus is forgiving even as people are causing him to suffer. And then love goes the extra mile. So love, the cross shows us what love really is, the Father's love to us, the example that, that of our love for others. It raises the bar of what love looks like for followers of Jesus. The third thing is this. Jesus died to capture our hearts. See, because Jesus died, loving him back just makes sense. I don't know about you, but I hate throw up. Well, I got applause. I hate vomit. I know that's not unique. But if I see someone throw up, it makes me throw up. Anybody else have this reaction? If I smell throw up, it's over. Now there is twice as much throw up to smell. If I am asked to clean up throw up, uh, my ability to produce more throw up is more rapid than my ability to clean up other people's throw up. So there's just a net gain all around. You say, why is he telling us this? I just thought you'd wanna know. 26 years ago, Claire and I had been dating about a month. And I really liked this girl, but I by no means had decided that she was the one. And we're hanging out at my dad's house, and I uh, get violently ill very, very sick, and just begin throwing up. 
And I am not able to make it to the bathroom, but I am able to throw up the 40 yards from where I was to the bathroom and leave this incredible trail. And, um, and so at this point, I am like, oh my goodness, I have just vomited violently in front of my new girlfriend. What do I do? I certainly cannot clean it up. And, but within seconds, without Claire even knowing of my great kryptonite effect with the throw up, Claire just instantly begins cleaning up my throw up. And I had this realization, this girl really loves me. And I should marry her at the soonest possible opportunity. And I did. But that was and is one of the most tangible displays of love that I have ever received. It was like it blew my mind. And, and, and what I realized in realizing this girl really loves me is I realized, man, I really love this girl. And it's not just I kind of like this girl, but it's like, man, I think she's the one. Like it, like it captured this incredible display of tangible love. It captured my heart in this game-changing moment that I've, I've never forgotten, never will. And, and, and I, I wonder this. See, the, the Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 19, why do we love him? We love him. Why? Because he first loved how do we know? Because he died for us. And I wonder if, if you take my experience with Claire 26 years ago and multiply it times a billion in terms of the powerful display of tangible love. If that's kind of what happened on the cross for us, where we're really our only response that makes any sense at all. Our only way to respond to that type of, of display of love is for our own hearts to be captured and to realize, why would we love him? Well, we love him because he first loved us. In a couple of minutes, we're gonna take communion together as, as we close. Jesus told us to remember what he did for us on the cross by taking this bread, it's a picture of his body, and taking this juice, it's a picture of his blood. We're gonna do this to end the messages the next few weeks as we're in this series talking about why did Jesus die. But as, as we think about it today, let's remember that the, the cross reveals the Father's love for us. The cross shows us how to love each other. And the love shown at the cross captures our hearts causes us to love God back. So Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for all that the cross means. God, we thank you for your love for us. God, we thank you for Jesus giving his body. Lord, we thank you for Jesus shedding his blood. And God, I pray even right now as we take this bread and we drink this juice that the, the wonder of the cross 
the wonder of your love demonstrated and proven for us in an indisputable way. The fact that, that you loved us while knowing the worst parts of us, the worst things we would ever do, the worst thoughts we would ever think, that while we are yet sinners, living for ourselves, doing our own thing, going our own way in our own direction, that, that you proved once and for all your love for us, and Christ dying in our place. And God, I pray that our response to that would be to be captured by your love, and that it would cause us to love you. And it would cause us, as empowered by your spirit, to love others the way you love us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this. And you can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com. Blessings to you.